The commentary on this podcast is not intended to serve as or replace professional, legal, financial, or medical advice. While the insights may have wide applicability, listeners should consult with a licensed or certified professional in your state to obtain advice with respect to your particular case. What do we do with the house in our divorce? To sell the house or not to sell? That is the question, right? When we own a home with our spouse, it's often the biggest shared asset we have. Some of you want nothing to do with keeping the home, and some of you would fight tooth and nail to keep it. But do we actually know what the options are and how to determine which may be right for us, regardless which it is that we initially want? This is Divorced and Determined AF, the show that empowers women to make aligned decisions before, during, and beyond divorce. My name is Jamie Milam. I'm a realtor and a certified divorce specialist, and I am determined to empower women to live the lives they desire and deserve by making informed decisions and taking aligned action through the power of internal and external awareness. In this episode, I'm going to help you understand what are the elements of home ownership that need to be considered in a divorce, what information needs to be gathered, and what are the actual options available regarding the house. With the proper education and information on the applicable elements, you'll have the starting points to be able to consider if it's even feasible to keep the house or if you want to decide to sell it. If you own a home, knowing your options will help you feel better prepared and more confident when navigating the other aspects of dividing your asset. Additionally, be sure to stick around for the end of the episode to hear what the next steps are in this process and to learn where you can find more resources regarding various segments of your divorce. Now, let's get started. Divorce is an overwhelming process that most of us did not know how to navigate until we were in the thick of it, which can cost us a lot more time, money, and energy than necessary. Divorced and Determined AF hopes to change that. I'm your host, Jamie Milam. I'm a realtor and a certified divorce specialist who not only works with divorcing couples when selling their home, but I am also divorced and I know firsthand how much having thorough resources would positively impact women for years to come. I'm bringing together fellow divorcees and experts working in the field to talk about this private taboo topic, all with the goal to help you feel prepared, educated, assured, confident, and empowered to make informed decisions related to your divorce journey. So whether you're just now considering a divorce, in the midst of it, or are now navigating a new norm and are determined AF to do it your way, this is your safe space. You deserve it. To sell the house or not, that is the question. Keeping the house is a big decision when going through a divorce. And I know several of you just thought to yourselves, yeah, Jamie, they all are big decisions. I get it. I also get that keeping the house can be a natural desire for many women who have children and want them to be disrupted as little as possible. But what we want and what is possible may be two different things. And that can be a big pill to swallow if we end up on the side of having to choose from what's possible instead of what we actually want. And it feels even worse if that decision seems to be made for us rather than us having some ownership in the process. So let's dive into the options that you have and what you need to consider to determine which is the best plan of action for you. 
it's really, really important for me here to say that I think it is paramount to start this exploration well in advance of putting together any agreements in writing and, well, quite frankly, even in advance of meeting with an attorney. Not all attorneys are versed in the different options that you have in your home and certainly not on the aspects of what qualifies you financially to keep the property. And because I find that it's often our fear of the unknown that creates anxiety and stress, and it's only heightened when that unknown includes where we'll live and what our near future may look like, it only makes sense that we start to find ourselves in the know by proactively seeking out this information before we start being charged tons of money after retaining an attorney. So when it comes down to it, you really only have three options when analyzing what to do with the house. They are, one, keep the house and leave the title and the mortgage the way that they are. Two, transfer the title and the mortgage to the one partner who wants to stay in the home. Or three, sell the house. Whoa, 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 you might be saying. I am not entirely sure what you just said. I mean, I know I signed a ton of papers when we bought the house, and I'm sure I heard those terms before, but remind me, it's been quite some time. And let's be real, we were just signing all those papers because we really wanted the house. Well, even if you know what a title or a mortgage is by name, it's important that you know their function. So why don't we start there? Let's start with the basics. When you own a home, that means that you have a deed to the property that declares who has legal ownership of the property. The title to that deed declares how the property is held, meaning do you own it solely on your own or do you share ownership of the property with another party or multiple parties? Now, there are different ways that you can share ownership and they're important because the way title is held lets others know what happens to the property should you or another owner or both pass away, and sometimes it can help prevent probate. So it's important for you to understand how you hold title and how you would find that out is you can check the deed, which is on record with the county. Uh, you can also reach out to the closing attorney who assisted you with the sale of your home, or you can do a title search and it will show you who is listed on the title. Now, the second basic element to home ownership is that if a property has a mortgage on it, then it has what is called a note on the property. And this states the obligation of which to repay the loan. So basically, the property itself acts as collateral for you to repay the loan that you used to purchase it. Okay, those are basics. You've probably are aware of them if you own a home. But let's dive into the weeds on these for a second because it's really important for you to factor in some additional elements when you are navigating what you're going to do with your property in a divorce. Because it's important to state that both parties, such as husband and wife, can certainly be on the title without both parties being on the mortgage when purchasing a home. Some states will permit that. 
Another thing to consider is that some states consider all property attained during the marriage to be what's called community property. And while some states like North Carolina are an equitable distribution state, they may actually require signatures from both spouses to transfer title to a new owner. Even if one of those spouses wasn't on the title or even aware that the property was in ownership. Let me give you a fast example. Let's say that you live in North Carolina and spouse one goes and purchases a property in the mountains. It's a little getaway. They don't tell spouse two about it. But during a divorce, they find that spouse one owns this additional property. Well, that's a marital asset because it was purchased during the marriage. And even though it only took one of you to buy that property, it's now going to take two of you to sell the property. Or if you want to keep it, the equity that is in that property is now a marital asset. Hmm, fun, right? Oh, yeah, y'all. This can get really convoluted at times. And what most may not realize is that Just because you take one spouse off of the title as a part of the divorce, that doesn't automatically take them off of the mortgage. Now, in most instances, if someone is not living in the home and they do not have their name on the title to the property, they certainly wouldn't want to be held legally liable for the repayment on the loan covering that property. I will also say that there are some instances where a couple may consider this option. For example, maybe the person that plans to stay in the home can't qualify for another purchase on their own, or maybe even worse, they wouldn't be able to get approved for a rental application. The risks here are that if the person primarily responsible for making the monthly payments, if they default on the loan, the person who moved out but is still on the mortgage is still financially responsible as well, or they can risk their credit being damaged. So it becomes clear as to why most instances, if a person is not living in the home and they are not on the title to the property, they don't want to also be financially obligated to repay back the loan if the primary responsible party does not uh, hold up their end to that, right? Now, what if there is no mortgage, right? The property was either paid for in cash or you've already repaid the entire loan back. So if there is no mortgage on the property, you still want to be sure to remove the spouse that is leaving the home from the title. This is probably going to be uh, clearly outlined in the agreement if you are working with mediators or attorneys. However, getting that done is going to be really important. So it's an important step to not get missed. It sounds like a common sense that we would not skip this part. However, everybody's human. Things sometimes do fall through the cracks. Now, this can be filed with the county court of clerk. No big deal. Easy peasy. It's done every single day. Okay, so we just covered some terminology that you heard when you were purchasing your home, right? Title, deed, mortgage, note. Now, let's talk about the terminology when you transfer your home, whether that's being from transferring from co-owners to now owning solely on your own or transferring because we're selling the property to a new buyer. Most oftentimes, 
your home will have equity. Equity is basically any amount of value that the property currently has that is over and above what you currently owe on the property. And that would mean anything that you owe outstanding on your primary mortgage, if there are second mortgages, uh, lines of credit like a HELOC, or liens or judgments that have been placed on the home. Equity is the amount of money that is considered a marital asset and will be divided between you and your spouse whether you keep the home or if you sell it. Now, when one party is considering keeping the marital home, a couple of things need to be considered. The first is if there is a mortgage on the property, can you qualify to take over the full loan amount on your own? And the second thing is, what part of the equity, if there's any available, will be distributed to the spouse leaving the home? And if you will be responsible for covering that amount in a buyout, do you have the means to do so? Okay, well, how do we figure these things out? Well, I first recommend gathering a few pieces of information that you need to determine the best strategy for you. So first... You'll need to know the, uh, the total amount of liens on your property. If you only have a mortgage on the home, then it's as simple as checking your last mortgage statement to get the approximate balance that it shows on that. This would be the same with any second mortgages or lines of credit that you have on the home that you are receiving monthly statements for that you're making payments on. However, sometimes you may have liens placed on your property. This could be for unpaid taxes, for court judgments, for unpaid creditors. So if you have reason for concern that it's possible to have additional liens, maybe if there had been a lot of financial issues going on, then you may need to run a preliminary title report to be certain. That is going to show you any of the liens that are currently held against the title, okay? Because it's really important that if there are liens or judgments, keep in mind, those are going to accrue interest and they are going to have payoff fees attached to them. So that can really start to eat into your equity and therefore the proceeds that would be distributed in the transfer of the, the property title, okay? Now, the second thing, you're going to need to know what the current estimated market value is of your home. You can go about getting this a couple of different ways. You can ask an experienced real estate listing agent to assist in this by performing a comparative market analysis or a broker's price opinion. And they will typically be able to do this for you for no to low cost. Or you can hire an appraiser to come and do a formal appraisal of market value on the home. And this is usually going to cost you somewhere between three and $500 uh, your attorney may even say, let's hire an appraiser so that we can get that value. Whichever professional you select should absolutely come and physically view the property in person to get an accurate idea of current condition to support the best anticipated market value or the sales price. And I say that on purpose because if a real estate agent says, oh yeah, let me pull up the comps and I'll send you a CMA and they've never come and looked at your property, well, we don't know what the actual condition is. And 
Therefore, I can't exactly advise you very clearly on what a sales price could be if we were to list hypothetically next week because if I can't see it, I can't tell you what a buyer is looking for and what their considerations would be as well. Now, I also think that it's worth getting a home inspection. Home inspections can give you a much clearer idea of what is going on with the property that may affect the potential sales price so that you have a little bit more of a realistic view of the proceeds that the two of you would be splitting. Plus, if you're going to be keeping the home, it's going to help you see what you might be facing in maintenance costs down the road whether that's for personal use or when and if you decide to sell in the future. Now, these two numbers, the amount of debt on the property and the current market value, it's going to tell you the approximate equity that you have. Basically, all you need to do is you take the current market value amount and you subtract the total amount of debt on the property. Now you have the approximate equity that you have in the home. Make sense? The amount of equity is what is going to be considered an asset that needs to be divided. So for the nine states that are community property states, jointly held assets, they must be divided absolutely evenly. However, in equitable distribution states, such as North and South Carolina, where I am, it doesn't always mean divided equally like 50-50. It's about what's fair and equitable. And that can take into consideration other assets. So you might be able to trade your portion of the equity or their portion of the equity for other jointly held assets. For example, if you have 401ks, stocks, or other savings and investments that in total, they equal the amount of equity in the home, then it may be that one spouse keeps those assets while the other keeps the equity in the house. Other times, it might mean that you need to buy out your soon-to-be ex for their fair and equitable portion of the equity in the home. Now, the same would be said, if you're the one that's wanting to leave, then they would need to buy you out. Let me give you a quick example with some numbers so that you can understand what I'm saying. Let's say... You own a home that is now worth $500,000. Any and all of the lien balances that remain on the property, they total $200,000. So that means you have $300K in equity. Assuming all of your other assets and debts have already been agreed on and how they would be split, and it's a strategy that works best for you, then what is left to consider is how do we handle the home's equity if we want to keep the home, okay? Because if we want to sell the home, it's a matter of how are we going to split those assets? What is fair and equitable in equitable distribution states? But how do we handle the home's equity if we want to keep the home? Well, for simplicity purposes, let's just say that the 300000 in equity is going to be split in half, 50-50. That means that your soon-to-be ex has $150,000 in value there that he would need to receive from you to be considered free and clear of the home if you are the one that's wanting to stay in the property. This is called the buyout amount. That $150,000 that is his half of the equity is the buyout amount. Now, 
Does that mean that you have to pay him $150,000 up front before the divorce is finalized? Well, no, not necessarily. Now, everyone's situation and their spouse is different, which is why this can't be a blanket yes or preferably a blanket no type of answer. But in general, there are two options if the equity still needs to be distributed if you plan to keep the house. The first option is that the spouse who is keeping the home buys out the other over time. And that amount of time that it would take you to buy them out is completely negotiable between you and your soon-to-be ex. This, in my opinion, is always a nice, amicable option as it typically allows you to avoid interest accruing and gives you time to spread the payments out. Though, it does mean that you're going to have to maintain the accounting of it and give considerations to the future and ensure that it's something that you'll be able to continue to afford because if those payments are not made, you can be held in contempt of court. Now, that also means that if you're going to buy them out over time, you still have to take over the mortgage. And and we're going to talk about that in a bit, okay? The other option for whoever is being bought out is that they receive in a lump sum the full amount by a date specified in the agreement. And that date can actually be after the divorce is finalized to give you time to close out the new loan, obtain the financial resource. Uh, However, you should first ensure that you have access to the funds to buy them out before finalizing that agreement so that you can avoid having to go back to court to amend the agreement. Now, don't worry. I'll let you know how you can get that assurance in just a few moments. But when doing a buyout, Whether a mortgage is on the property or not, it's important that you also have the spouse removed from the title of the deed. That's one takeaway that I want you to think about, okay? The only way that we can do that is to uh, file that with the clerk if there is no mortgage on the property and if there is a mortgage on the property and we want to remove them from the title, then we need to also remove them from the mortgage. This way... The title then reflects you as the sole owner if you're the one keeping the home. So what happens if the party moving out doesn't let you buy them out over time and you don't have the lump sum just sitting in an account to pay them the $150,000 or whatever the amount is in your case? Does that mean that you have to automatically decide, well, my only option is to sell the home? Well, not necessarily. And that's exactly what we're going to discuss on next week's episode. Because next week, I'll be joined by a certified divorce lending professional so that we can share with you the other options that may be available to you and how they can be used to help you keep the home if that's something that you want to do. You see, being aware of these options, it's only the first step. We then have to explore if those options are available to you before we can determine if they are the right option for you. 
And if they're not available or they don't align with your wants or your needs, then we can move on to navigating the process of selling the home and what that entails. Don't worry. I'm going to give you resources for that too. That's my goal here, y'all, to help create some awareness around what our options are as we navigate this big loom and doom cloud hanging over us so that we can make decisions that we have an understanding around and that we feel ownership in, ladies. And it's possible. I assure you, it is. So stick around because we're going to continue to bring you more information like this so that you can navigate what's going to be the best option for you. Well, there you have it, ladies. The elements of home ownership that need to be considered in a divorce to start are one, how will you handle the title to the deed? And two, the mortgage. You'll need to estimate the amount of equity in the home by determining one, what is owed on the property, and two, what is the current market value so that you can calculate the potential buyout amount. Because your only actual options available regarding the house are one, keep the house and leave the title and the mortgage the way that they are. Two, transfer the title and the mortgage to the one partner who wants to stay in the home. Or three, sell the house. So next week, I'm gonna make sure that you know what the available options are to fund a buyout if that's something that you guys are considering, if somebody's wanting to keep the home and how to determine if those options are available to you so that you can ensure access to those funds before you draft any agreements. And if you want access to a multitude of divorce-related resources that encompasses many more facets in a divorce than just your home, then visit peaceofminddivorce.info now so that you can access our full resource library. All you have to do is go to peaceofminddivorce.info and sign up for free today. The link is down in the show notes. So ladies, if you are determined AF to feel some peace throughout and beyond your divorce, I hope you'll continue to come back and listen with us week after week.